Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday presented by DraftKings, and I am bringing on my favorite O-line, D-line guy in the NFL that I follow on social media, read and watch a lot of his stuff, Brandon Thorne, at Brandon Thorne NFL. He had a couple of tweets that got my attention that we'll discuss momentarily. We will have Andrew Brandt, should have Andrew Brandt back next week. Make sure you listen to the Business of Sports podcast this week. Andrew had a very powerful interview related to uh, women's tennis and what's going on over in China. Highly encourage you to listen to Andrew on this week's Business of Sports podcast. New week, obviously. We're already only two days away from me giving out some of these sweet press passes to the latest Spread the Word winner, the latest sponsor confirmation email winner. So many of our sponsors, by the way, are awesome. For holiday gifts, Simply Safe, incredible. Got an email recently from someone that signed up for Simply Safe. MyFrontPageStory.com, Keeps. There's a million that are really good for the holidays. And then, of course, one of my favorite things to do is to give you guys that YouTube shout out, the cameo style shout out that someone wins just for subscribing and commenting on our YouTube page. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. As promised, really happy to be joined by Brandon Thorne. You know, and I've actually seen NFL players like Quentin Nelson say this in signed jerseys to him, how much they appreciate that he breaks down the tape and shows really positive clips or interesting clips of O-line, D-line play because there's just not a lot out of there. I know that's why I follow him. I, I enjoy... Brandon kind of does some of my work for me, right? By cutting up some of the clips so I can see guys that are playing particularly well. You should check him out on social media like I do, at Brandon Thorne NFL. He's an awesome trench warfare newsletter and a sub stack that you can check out once you check him out on Twitter, at Brandon Thorne NFL. Brandon, it's Ross. Thanks for coming on the show again, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here as always. 
So I know I've had you on a couple times before, one time probably on the college draft. I think you've been on the Ross Tucker football podcast again, but you know, we get new listeners all the time. I love your story and I just want people to understand sort of your background again and how you came to become a O-line, D-line guru. Um, well, I started off, you know, my career in the military and uh, just kind of had a passion for for football and, and really the trenches even back then. I uh, played just in high school, you know, I played offensive line. Um, so I kind of got a little bit of an appreciation then and just it just grew as I, you know, got through my 20s really throughout the military and I had an opportunity um, near the end of my enlistment to get out early. Um, so I, I took that because I always wanted to pursue scouting and, um, that's kind of, that was my goal getting out of the military. And I want, I went hundred percent into it. Um, and I just started out, you know, I created a Twitter account, uh, you know, started reaching out to people and, um, got hooked up with like a guy named Ted Sunquist, who was a general manager of the Broncos, a fellow air force veteran, He's, you know, who I credit with, you know, where I really kind of springboarded into, you know, the football media sphere. You know, he had a website at the time and I started writing for him and, you know, just kind of learning from him. And then I did the Scouting Academy and then I just volunteered my work at a lot of different websites. And then I got hooked up with the Senior Bowl and scouted for them. And then, um, you know, I did an indoor football league internship and just all these different things. And uh, it eventually just kind of grew. And, um, you know, I, as I was on Twitter, I realized that uh, offensive and defensive line analysis really was was lacking there. There just wasn't a lot of it um, at all. So that's when I really decided to focus in on it around like 2015 time frame. And ever since then, I've just tried to reach out to experts in the field. Um, you know, I've learned a lot from a lot of different people who play the position like yourself, uh, Duke Mannyweather, Charles Bentley, um, Aaron Taylor, you know, they're Jeff Schwartz. So a lot of guys like that have just been generous with their time. And, you know, I've just tried to watch coaching clinics and all that kind of stuff, attend senior bowls, combines, that sort of thing. And just, um, yeah, I mean, I love it. And now I'm able to do it full time and it's just, it's a dream come true. And I'm just trying to evolve, you know, with the times and, you know, while holding true to certain fundamentals of the position as well, you know, so it's, um, it's, it's a great journey. I'm, I'm thankful to be here. Well, you know um, how I feel about your service and uh, anybody that serves. So thank you so much for that. I always want to point that out. Um, I think the cool thing about you, Brandon, is that you have proven that if you're passionate enough about something, you can become an expert even though you don't really have the firsthand experience or knowledge. I know you said you played high school football or whatever, but you know, obviously gosh, high school, nobody has good technique in high school. (laughs) Um, But you know, you've become an expert kind of like Greg Cosell on Thursdays on the Ross Tucker football podcast, but he, you know, his full-time job is NFL films for 43 years and it took him a while. I feel like you've come a long way in a short time just by absorbing as much information as you possibly can. And just by watching. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the key when people ask me, you know, what, what can I do to, 
kind of break into the space. I, I mean, I think the main thing is just watch a lot of film, get access to the film and just watch as much as you can. And I mean, I'm big on taking notes as well. You know, I write on paper still um, and I take notes and, you know, if, especially if I'm evaluating a player, that's something that scouting Academy really taught me when I learned from a bunch of NFL coaches and NFL, you know, personnel executives and stuff like that through that course. Um, they just really stress the importance of being able to convey your thoughts on paper and then do it in a, you know, a manner that's understanding and understandable to, to anybody, you know, somebody who's not an expert in football. So I, I try to kind of apply that still today. And um, I think that's a really like the foundation of it all. And then you can learn about techniques and fundamentals and things like that from clinics and other people. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you can't escape the fact that you have to watch the film and, and you have to just spend those man hours doing that. And I think if you do that and accumulate time and days, weeks, months, years, then eventually you can, you know, understand, um, a good amount, um, at least so you know what you're talking about to a certain degree. And then, you know, you, you still have to just continue doing it because things change and techni te techniques change. There's so many different players, there's so many different ways to execute things. And yeah, so it's just an ongoing process. You definitely have to love it. So a couple of things in particular I wanted to talk with you about. One is you had a tweet recently <laughs> where you said, um, if Miles Garrett, isn't the defensive player of the year. The system is very broken. And you had another one a couple of days earlier where I think you said Miles Garrett is easily the defensive player of the year in the NFL. And so uh, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you. Well, I am disagreeing when you say easily or handily or whatever. That I don't really agree with. But I wanted to give you the opportunity to present your case here on the Raw Tucker Football Podcast for why Miles Garrett is easily or handily the defensive player of the year in the NFL. Yeah, so I knew that would kind of ruffle some feathers and be a little controversial, but um, at the same time, I believe it. And it's because just simply watching Miles Garrett this season – um, in contrast with other guys who I think are, are worthy of a consideration. You know, if I was building like a top five defensive player of the year list, it would be like TJ Watt, Parsons, Nick Bosa, Aaron Donald. Um, those are probably the other guys there that are in consideration. But to me, I think Miles Garrett is the most dominant defensive player in football right now. And you could argue he was last year as well. Um, but this year he's healthier. Um, I just think on a snap-to-snap -snap basis from week one to now, there's not a guy who is generating more attention um, and then at the same time producing at the level that he is. Um, you know, I know sacks and pressures, you know, are pretty much the main ways we can measure pass rush effectiveness in the NFL. There's other things, the PFF and, you know, pass rush win rate and stuff like that. But, I mean, I, you can kind of look at all those things and it can give you a really good idea of who is the most effective. But I think when you're watching film, too, you could see how offenses approach Miles Garrett. I mean, you cannot you simply cannot leave him one on one in any obvious drop back pass situation or your tackle is nine times out of 10 going to lose. And that to me is just so rare um, in 
just when you look at him from a traits and skill set perspective, I don't think anybody is really on his level. I mean, you know, to be as big as he is, 6'4", 275, and to be as explosive, he has probably the best get off in football, the best bend in football. He's 275 pounds. He could bend better than anybody in the league right now. That is just, it's miraculous. I don't know any other really adjective to explain it. And on top of that, he can win inside um, by tackles faces. So the get off and the bend opens tackles up. And then once he gets them opened up, he can cross their face and just run them over. Well, obviously, you know, Brandon, that is interesting because, you know, obviously I see the highlights of these guys. I watch them when I'm prepping for a game or calling a game or when I'm watching them on red zone or whatever. And obviously I see the stats and the five guys you named, I think you can make an argument for all five of those guys. That That's why I guess I'm surprised when you say handily or easily, just because Watt's been terrific. Bosa's really been impressive. Donald is Donald. And I think Parsons on some level is just doing stuff we haven't seen before as a guy, you know, spend so much time as an off the ball linebacker. I guess that's one of the reasons why I want to get you on. Just when you think it's that clear, that that is um, that's impactful to me. That you think it, you know, that you think it's that obvious that it's Garrett. You know, you think he's heads and shoulders above those other four guys we named? Um, yeah, I mean, all things considered, I, I would give it to him comfortably. I, I guess is the best way to to say it. Yeah, I mean, I think when you're looking at who is the most talented? Surely it's Garrett. Who is, you know, who has the best package, you know, the pass ru- best pass rush plan of those guys? I mean, that's probably a little bit more debatable. I think they're all pretty much elite. They can all win three ways, you know, inside, down the middle, outside. I mean, I, I think, though, the fact that so much of pass rushing on the outside has to do with the ability to bend. I mean, nobody, none of those guys are bending like Garrett. I mean, he is turning the corner consistently at eight yards. Um, it's just, it's incredible. I mean, and the fact that he's 275 pounds, it just, you know, boggles the mind. I mean, Von Miller was doing that at 250. Um, you know, Garrett's almost 30 pounds heavier and he's doing it at the same level. Um, so it's just, I, I think he's like, he's such a freak. And he's, to me, this year, you know, having the best year of his career in terms of production and all that stuff as well. So it's matching the physical ability that he has that I don't think anybody is matching. Um, so it's just, I just think, you know, he's, he, he, to me, he's the most feared and the most respected outside pass rusher in football. Um, and I think the way that offenses approach him and, you know, the, the, the things that he's doing on a snap to snap basis reflect that. So yeah, I, I would definitely give it to him. Just out of curiosity, uh, I don't know how much you've studied Parsons because um, I know you're usually looking at O-line, D-line play, and he's played linebacker a lot. Recently, he's been getting his sacks on blitzes, and uh, like he spied Taysom Hill and got some pressures and a sack on Taysom Hill as a spy. He really hasn't even been coming off the edge. But did you get a chance to check him out at all, and what were your thoughts? Yeah, I've, I've watched a good amount of him. I mean, like I said, I've seen every sack in the NFL this year. I've studied every sack, so I've seen those at least. And then watching offensive linemen, and, um, you know, I've watched a good amount of Demarcus Lawrence. I watch him every year. Um, so I've seen Parsons in a lot of different scenarios. And, I mean, you know, uh, he, he's electric. Um, you know, he's 
Twitch, the, the amount of Twitch and explosiveness that he has is, is remarkable. Um, he can bend, you know, the edge. I've seen him off the edge quite a bit this year. Um, I, lo- I love how he's being used. Um, yeah, I think he has three or four sacks blitzing as an off-ball linebacker. Uh, the rest are off the edge or even, you know, as a spinner inside, you know, like just kind of up on the line of scrimmage in the two-point stance and then, you know, stunning. Um, so he has sacks in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, he's not really winning with power necessarily as much. It's it's more so speed and crossing guys' faces, quickness. Um, but he has a little bit of, you know, a little bit of power as well. Just, you know, I wouldn't categorize it as like, you know, elite or anything, but that's because, you know, just his size, you know, he's not that that physically imposing of a guy, you know, not like Nick Bosa or, or Miles Garrett. Um, so just to, obviously he plays off ball linebacker as well. So, you know, it makes sense, but yeah, I mean, he's a guy who he's electric. I just think, um, you know, so much of winning awards is based on narratives so much of that. I disagree with, um, it's like, how well is your team doing? How well is your defense doing? Uh, how much are you on TV? All that stuff to me is just noise. Um, and I, I try to actively ignore that. So maybe that's why I, come down on it a little differently than maybe a lot of fans and casual viewers of the sport, because I simply don't care about what the media tells me, Um, you know, in terms of narratives of how guys are playing in the season, so much of who wins all, who, who, who even goes to the all pro team, you know, is so much based on their grades and this and that. And it's just like, you know, so yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the hype around some of these guys, Parsons to a certain degree is based on the narrative the fact that he plays for the Cowboys, he's done it on national TV several times. Um, but, you know, that isn't to say that he isn't an electric player who is, should be a shoe-in for Defensive Rookie of the Year in consideration for Defensive Player of the Year. But, you know, when when it all when it's all said and done, I think, you know, other guys are more deserving than him. Um, so it's like you kind of have to, you know, parse it out and there's nuance and, you know, things like that that, you know, I think it lost a lot of the time when we're just talking about, you know, who deserves awards and things like that. Yeah, I think it's a great point, And I would agree with you. I think certainly he benefits from playing for the Cowboys and the amount of national television games they have. I would also say yeah. to you, the combination of him being new, you know, he's a rookie. And right, it's right. been a while, a long time since we've seen a rookie defender have this kind of an impact. I think that is in his favor, that the Cowboys are winning and he's a big part of it's in his favor. They're on TV. Yeah. And then also just the, the unexpected. It's unexpected for a rookie to do this, but it's also unexpected for a guy that was taken as an off-the-ball linebacker to right. all of a sudden the team has two DN get injured. They put him at the end. And he, I think – he benefits a lot, Brandon, from the um, we weren't expecting. It's almost like the Coach of the Year award really goes to the coach of a team that was crappy the year before and good the next year, <laughs> usually, right? Because right? it's yeah. like unexpected. Parsons benefits almost because nobody thought he was going to do this because everybody thought he was going to be an off-the-ball linebacker. So it's like we're even – he's got the double – he's got the triple mm-hmm. wow. He's got the Cowboys. He's got the Cowboys wow the rookie wow, and the, <laughs> wait a minute, I thought he was an off-the-ball linebacker. How is he all of a sudden getting all these sacks as a D-end wow? Yep, yeah, great, great points. Kind of like recency bias a little bit in there with him and, you know, mixture of all the things you said. I think it's, 
you know, perfectly said. And like I said, I mean, I, I think that as voters of the award and not that I am, but, you know, people that are voters of awards like this and, you know, selections of teams and stuff like that should be able to see past a lot of that stuff. Because, I mean, to me, when you're awarding Defensive Player of the Year, it should be the most dominant, impactful defensive player in the NFL, period. All the other stuff that we just talked about does, shouldn't really factor in. I understand, you know, we're humans and emotion and things like that. You know, it's hard to to eliminate it all. You know, I'm not saying I can or anybody can, but, I mean, I think so much of the time it it just gets too driven by that. And then, you know, it kind of skews, I think, what the film is actually saying a lot of the time. Um, and I think that's just a little bit of the, the case here. Um you know, but then again, you know, Parsons is obviously, a, you know, an electric player and extremely valuable and he's, you know, all that. So I don't want to diminish him as a player either. Nope. Totally agree. Two more quick things to talk to you about. One is you've invented a stat and I love it. One of the ways that we've gotten better evaluating defensive linemen in recent years is by spending more time talking about quarterback hits and pressures. Although it seems like 10 different networks have their own pressure ranks like I, I see like he's first in the nfl on pressures like the same guy can be first third and fifth in pressures in the nfl depending on who's counting what a pressure is like i don't like is that with you get within right. two yards you get within a yard so that one's the most flawed i would say sack is a sack and a quarterback hit i think is pretty pretty clear um but you've come up with a stack called high quality sack, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, so it's it's something called the true sack rate metric. And the idea behind it is to just bring context to every single sack that a defensive lineman has, um, edge, interior, pass rush wise. So I watch every sack from the coach's angle, sideline, end zone. Um, you know, and a big thing for me is looking at how far the quarterback is behind the line of scrimmage. Some quarterbacks drop out to 12, 13 yards sometimes, and then guys get sacks because the, the tackles simply can't, you know, block at that angle and sustain a block for that long. And then the quarterback just kind of gifts pass rushers the sacks sometimes. So those would go under like low quality. A lot of the time, um, sometimes the coverage is just so great. The quarterback's patting the ball, patting the ball, hitching, patting the ball, sack that's a low quality sack or a coverage sack. Um, there's sometimes when a guy, you know, has a great rush, he knocks the quarterback, you know, off his feet. And then another guy comes and cleans it up. That's a cleanup sack. Um, so I chart them and categorize them in each of these categories. And then a high quality sack is beating a guy one-on-one -on -one using, you know, a nice move and doing it, you know, while the quarterback's back foot just hits, you know, inside 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, and he, you know, is just about to throw the ball, basically. You know, there's, it's usually, you know, two, two and a half seconds or so. I don't time it, but it's just kind of one of those things you see based on the drop and the depth of the pocket and just the timing of everything. If you're getting there quickly and you're doing it by, you know, not being unblocked, that's another low quality category sack. If you're just, you know, the slides away and you just, you know, have a free run, that's a low quality sack. So I, and I assign point values for all of these. So, you know, low quality cleanup coverage is like 0.5, high quality is one. And then I have something called a rare high quality sack. And that's where you things as a high quality sack, but you do it against a certain caliber of player. Um, and that's a 1.5 score. And then I assign 0.5 for all force fumbles as well, strip sacks. So 
you know, doing that over the course of the season, I think it gives us a better idea of how to look at sacks. And yeah, I mean, because I think sacks are pretty deceiving. Um, I, I mean, I know from a team perspective, it's equally as valuable. A sack is a sack. But from a player evaluation perspective, I don't really see them as equal. So that's what I think this metric does. It helps us bring some some value and some context into, you know, um, basically understanding a pass rusher's impact uh, and, you know, w- specifically with their sacks. Make sure you check him out on social media. I enjoy our conversations all the time. I can't believe we only talked about defensive players. I hate defensive players. <laughs> Next time we will talk about the offensive linemen because I got a bunch of things there. We'll have to save that maybe for the offseason. Check him out on social media at Brandon Thorne NFL. If you like the big boys, if you like the trenches, there is no better follow. Thank you, Brandon. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Speaking, by the way, of the big guys and offensive linemen and protection, how about our friends at Simply Safe giving Ross Tucker listeners, that's me, early access to all their holiday deals, 40% off their award winning home security? Look, it's the easiest one to put up. The sensors are so, I mean, You literally do this yourself. It's that easy. And I can tell you from experience, what you see on the camera, incredibly important and valuable. If you don't have a home security system, please strongly consider it. A lot of people don't get it till it's too late. That's that's the wrong way to be in life. You don't get a home security system until you get robbed or somebody does something and you need to put one in. No, 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 no. Simply Safe's got their biggest discounts of the year. You can get a complete home security system starting at just over $100. There are no long-term contracts or commitments. It's a really easy way to start feeling a bit more peace of mind. Hurry. Supplies are limited for these things. Take 40% off, 4-0 off at simplysafe.com slash Tucker today. Go to simplysafe.com slash Tucker. Good morning, Ross. Let's start with another bad day. Unfortunately, from the COVID standpoint, as upwards of 29 more players were placed on the list, including Rams, Odell Beckham, Chiefs, Chris Jones, Washington defenders, Kendall Fuller and Tim Settle, and a whole host of Browns, including Jarvis Landry, Jedrick Wills, Wyatt Teller, uh, tight end Austin Hooper among those. Yep. And head coach. Kevin Stefanski, and I just saw while we're recording this, quarterback Baker Mayfield. You know, it's really a shame. I mean, here they are in the thick of the playoff race, and I don't know how many, if any, of these guys will be able to play or coach on Saturday. I'm very disappointed because I'm going to be there on Saturday for the game for Westwood one, if they even still have the game. I mean, I guess at some point, if they lose enough guys, I don't even know if they'll play the game. So it's extremely unfortunate what's going on. Um, All I can say from my perspective is, look, these are affecting games. So I would imagine if they haven't already, all these guys will get boosted. And I think the NFL could or should go back to last year's 
testing every day and virtual meetings and every they got to pull out all the stops now so that these games can be played forget you know however anybody feels about whatever in life vaccination or not but like they got to get the games in so they got to go back to full-time masks not being near each other they got to go back to last year's rules because it evidently whether it's delta or omicron or whatever it is spreading like wildfire on these nfl teams Takes. Along those lines, the NFL is now mandating that all Tier 1 and Tier 2 employees must have their booster shot by December 29th. Yeah, yeah, but remember, that doesn't include the players. doesn't include the players because that has to be collectively bargained. So these are all the coaches, all the front office people, all the, everybody in the building has to get the booster shot, but not necessarily the players. Although you'd think the NFLPA would be encouraging that. The stuff I've read is that you really need the booster and that the booster has a major positive impact. Let's move on to the injury transaction front. Not much, though, uh, except for the Dolphins released center Austin Ryder. Falcons lost safety Eric Harris for the rest of the season. He has a torn peck. Austin Ryder, that's amazing. He was not signed like... First five, six weeks of the year. Dolphins sign him. I think he started five games for them at center. Now they're healthy again, and they cut him. You know, he only plays center. And you're just not that valuable as a backup if you only play one position. So it's like he's like a designated center. They need a center, they bring him in. They don't need a center anymore, he's gone. But he got a credited season, which really helps for all of his benefits and stuff. So good for him. And lastly, the Washington Post has a story accusing Washington football team owner Daniel Snyder of trying to interfere with the NFL's investigation into workplace misconduct. It's just so disappointing. I have an affinity for the Washington football team. I started my career there. I ended my career there. And... It's like exhausting. And maybe this latest report will be enough to eventually get Snyder to sell the football team, but I doubt it. I I don't see that happening. I'm just, uh, I'm frustrated because like, for example, my sister lives down there, my nephew, and they're not really Washington football team fans. It's just the fan base has really eroded in the 20 years since my rookie year. And some of that, I guess, is on the field, but I think a lot of that is off the field. Speaking of off the field, with the free fix finder service at AutoZone, you can troubleshoot more dashboard lights, including your check engine light, ABS light, and service interval light. The free fix finder will give you possible solutions for your lights all backed by verified technicians. It'll even send you your full results in a detailed fix finder report straight to your email. So you'll have the information you need to take on the fix. And if you need a bit of help from a repair shop, AutoZone will even refer you to a nearby shop that you can trust. It's the most complete free warning light report backed by technician verified fixes. And you can only find it at AutoZone. So next time your dashboard lights pay you a visit, just 
Get in the zone. Auto zone. You want to do it once, Bray? No, I'm good. Thanks, though. Thanks for asking. Get in the zone. Auto zone, Bray. Uh, Shout-outs are in order. By the way, Even Money Podcast is up. It was epic yesterday. College Draft Podcast, getting you guys ready for these bowl games is up. And awesome. Shout-outs to Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, and all the people getting stories over at MyFrontPageStory.com. I love it. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, it doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 